Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. As you know, every week on Book Journeys, we talk to an author uh, about their experience of, of transforming, of the first time they held their first book in their hands. And today is no exception. We are talking with Amy Elizabeth, the author of the best-selling book, Poverty Sucks, How to Become a Self-Made Millionaire. Amy's book has actually been on the Amazon bestseller list for over a year and a half. Um, number one on both paperback and uh, Kindle versions on the same day within three months of publication. Um, she has had an amazing uh amazing story with this book. I'm really excited to share it with you because it's the exact, our our goal here is to write books that make a difference. And this is the exact kind of book that really is designed to make a difference, both in terms of how it's written, which we'll talk about, but how it's marketed. Um, You can't make a difference if your book doesn't end up in people's hands. And I think Amy's done a great job with this book of tying in the integrity of the content with the need to get that content into people's hands. So, Amy, thank you so much for being with us and for sharing some of your wisdom here today. Oh, well, thank you, Angela. It's my pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, tell us about Poverty Sucks. How did you come to write the book? And, and tell us what, what it's about. And I think we know what it's about from the title, but tell us a little bit. A about little it. bit, sure, yeah. Um, well, I started out as a broken, homeless teenage girl at age 15, and I I refused to become a victim and get the victim mentality, so I was never on government or charitable assistance, no help from family or friends. I just worked a lot of really crappy part-time jobs, um, suck jobs as I call them, uh, and worked my way through high school. And after several years of being just incredibly poor, where I often had to steal food, I decided I'd had enough of being poor. I didn't like it, it wasn't fun, and I was going to fix my life. So I started my first business on a shoestring budget when I was 20 years old, and I started it for just $1,000. It was very successful. I kept it for nine years, and then I started three more businesses and sold off and retired when I was 38. And now I'm a multimillionaire, real estate investor, guest speaker, business consultant, and best-selling author of Poverty Sucks, which I wrote because I wanted to help everybody else with this horrible economy see how they can create their own financial freedom. Wow. What a story. What a crazy story. That is unbelievable. Um, I know. Do you, have, do you have more of your story in the book or on your website at all? Yes. Actually, you can read the first chapter for free on my website. On the home page down at the bottom, there's a link, and that gives you more of the background on my personal life. But but that's just the first okay, chapter. The so rest I want to make sure a, I – oh, I see it. Click here to read the first free chapter. So everybody go do this right now. If you go to amyelizabeth.net, I'm going to spell that for you. It's A-I-M-E-E and then Elizabeth, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H.net. That's .net, not .com, amyelizabeth.net. Go to the bottom and you will see a link in blue that says click here to read the first chapter of Poverty Sucks. I seriously could spend 30 minutes just asking you about your experience growing up, which is what I want to do right now. So then okay. I'm just gonna it's required reading for everyone on the call. Go read that chapter because I can't ask Amy those questions. <laughs> um, that sounds like quite a story. It was. So when did you get the idea to to write the poverty sex story? How did that how did the idea to to make it a book? 
come into Well, oddly enough, I'd always wanted to be a writer since I was nine years old, but I just never knew about what. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of ideas, like just like I've done in my businesses, where they've marinated in my brain for a decade or two, and then suddenly the time is right. And with the me being retired and the collapse of the housing market and the entire economy being in what I actually think of as an even greater depression, I don't think it's just a recession, everybody's suffering financially and they don't know what to do. The old job security of 30 years and a gold watch and a pension are long gone and never coming back. And I thought, this is the book I need to write. I need to write about my life story to show that if a 15-year-old kid with no practical skills for a living, no job training, I couldn't even write a resume, I had no decent clothes to wear, if I could make it starting from there, anybody who's had a real job in life and any level of success, even if they were laid off or now foreclosed on their house or whatever, could certainly come back if I came back from where I started. And I wanted to share my knowledge and expertise on how they could do that because I want to help eradicate poverty worldwide if I can. Mm. Love it. What a what a vision. Did yeah. you actually envision this book completed when you started? Did you know how it was going to turn out? Um, not exactly. Um, I tend to uh, be more of the big picture person. And I'm also a detail person, but I decide on the big picture first. And then I figure out the details as I go along. Mm-hmm. And from the time that you got the idea this was the book you were going to write until mm-hmm. the book was in your hands, how long did that process take you? About six months. Wow. You, know, you, you, wow. you do the outline, you write it, you edit it, you read it again a few days later and go, oh, this was crap, let me redo this. and you know, and then you go back and check for spelling errors and, you know, just everything. So I don't know if that's considered long or short to me. It didn't no, seem like that long because it was a labor very, of love. Very, very short. Okay. So you were pretty clear when you went into it what you were going to write. If you wrote it that quickly, if you turned it around that quickly, you had yeah, a well, very It was, it was my own vision. story, so it really wasn't hard. It wasn't like fiction where I had to imagine things. Mm-hmm. This was just my life. So it was just really a little backstory on my life, a couple of chapters on on a winner's attitude versus a loser's attitude so that you can choose to become a winner. And then the rest of it is just the nuts and bolts of how to do what I did uh, in very easy-to-read language so that a third grader could do it. I wanted to make it very user-friendly. Was that... Was that part of it difficult? Like, clearly you hadn't broken your life up into steps the way you'd need to for a book. Was it hard to kind of figure out how you did uh, it and to back into it? Um, the outline was the trickiest part. Once I had the outline, I was good to go. I had my first chapter kind of already written for a few years, but I didn't know where to go from there. And then once I figured out the outline... Uh, you know, the rest came pretty easily because now you're just writing, well, this, you know, you basically make an outline of 20 topics, which are your 20 chapters, and, you know, you you fill in each step that you need to do in order to to create your financial freedom. And so once once I had the outline, it was it was a lot easier. And did you get help writing that outline? Uh, no, I did not. I wrote the outline myself. Did you did you work with a writer's group or a friend or a reader or 
yeah, what what kind of support did you have on your journey? Um essentially none of that um hmm. none of that actually occurred to me <laughs> or I might have okay. looked into it. Um but I did try to find an agent and that's a big chicken and egg thing because if you've never published before, no agent wants to take you on. No legitimate one anyway. And right, if if and you don't have an agent, no publishing house wants to deal with you. Pardon? Yeah, I just think I just wanted to stop there and explain to people because not everybody understands how an agent works. But an agent is essentially risking their time and energy on you. So they want to take the best bet that they can take. So if you've published three bestsellers, it's going to be mm-hmm. a lot easier for them to justify taking that risk on you than if you Absolutely. just have Absolutely. Then a you're great a proven book. commodity. And same with the publishing right. houses. So I did manage to find one agent willing to work with me, and I'm not going to mention any names here, but she turned out to be a total con artist. She had been a horse trainer prior to being an agent. I've been in business for years, and I can sell ice to Eskimos. She couldn't sell, you know, bread to a dying, starving man if she had to. And what really frustrated me when I – First, I was so excited that she was willing to work with me. Finally, thought I had a, a legitimate agent. Loved my storyline and my book idea. And she tells me that she wants me to write it from a self-help angle. And I'm like, no, no, no. I see this as business finance. You know, up there with like a Susie Orman book or a Robert Kiyosaki mm-hmm. or Donald Trump. And she says, no, no, no. It's much easier to break into self-help. So you need to slant it that way. So I'm thinking, all right. She's the expert in the book field. I'll take her advice. So. My first version I slanted as she requested to the self-help thing, and I really wasn't pleased with it. But, again, I I was deferring to what I considered to be her expertise. And I found out later about a lot of lies she had told me. And uh, so, anyway, I keep getting – she sends me all these rejection letters that she's getting from different publishing houses, and they're all saying the same thing. We're not interested in self-help at this time. Do you have anything business finance? I wanted to smack her. Then she recommends I use her ghostwriter for an exorbitant fee to fix my book to make it marketable. And uh, I said, uh, no, thanks. I can do that just fine because I originally wanted to make it business finance. And I took took your bad advice and I'm not taking it anymore. And, you know, so I rewrote the whole thing and I resubmitted it to her because apparently she did have some connections. And But I think her main money is just conning with the the ghostwriter and in collaboration with her uh who by the way turned out to be her boyfriend so um oh. anyway i i resubmitted my my version of how i had originally wanted to write it to her and she told me it was not marketable in its current form and that's when she hit me up mm. with the ghostwriting thing and i'm like Listen, lady, I know sales, you clearly don't, since you're not listening to what everybody is telling you, that they don't want self-help. So why don't we just end our business relationship now, because now that I've rewritten the book how I wanted it in the first place, I wouldn't accept a publishing deal on the other version because I'm embarrassed by it. But she held me to my contract. Oh, we still have six major houses looking at it. And I'm like, look, I I also, again, I know sales. If you don't have an answer yet, the answer is (laughs) no. Right. uh, so, um, what I anyway, she made me wait you know, out the contract. The, it was only six months. And then as soon as I published on my own through Amazon, uh, I was on the bestseller list within three months. And Amazon's uh, 
uh, royalties are about ten times what you get from a regular publishing house. Yeah. Plus absolutely. a regular publishing house. I just house, want to go done, back oh, go ahead. before before we get into publishing. I just want to go back to that sure. story because um, it sounded in many ways like a specific story about your specific life, but in reality, mm-hmm. as an author, there are about twenty different ways you more than twenty, but th- that points along the journey where this sort of thing could happen. And oh, of course. there's a balance, which I love your opinion on, on um, getting expert advice. There are people who know more about books than you do. There are people that have experience you don't have. Right. And getting taken for a ride and spending money that really there can't even be an ROI on because of the nature of books. There's so right. many, you know, there's so many places as a new author that you could be taken advantage of that I Absolutely. wonder what advice would you give people just in terms of how to not get taken advantage of? Um, I would be skeptical of anybody willing to work with you if you've never been published, number one, because it just doesn't happen, not with legitimate and, agents. They won't be bothered. And, and I'm going to stop there because what a lot of my clients have said to me is, They feel like they have an idea that's so powerful and so unique that somebody should take a risk on them because it's such a great story. And they may very well be right. uh But uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. If if you want to finish what you're saying, I want to hear your take on this. Okay. Well, they they may very well be right that they that their story is unique and needs to be told, and that there's a market for it. But there's also so many con artist agents out there who will stroke your ego. Oh, yes, yes, that is the best story in the world. That does need to be published. We just need to tweak it a little. You need to send me money so I can polish it up or send it to these people for review. Or There's, there's all kinds of lines. Anything that costs you money other than their 10% for getting you a book deal or 15% or whatever the going rate is these days, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be paying them anything. If they start asking you for money to fix your book, run. That's a sign. And let's yeah. talk about, so you so you picked up on that red flag, but you were locked into a contract. And there are, again, along the way, with the most dangerous being a, a publishing contract, but there mm-hmm. are many contracts along the way that one can get uh, locked into. As, right. as an author, and what what kind of advice do you give people about contracts? Always have that? a lawyer review your contract before you sign it, which I did. Um, and if mm-hmm. you think you can't afford legal fees, there's a great service called Prepaid Legal. It costs you like $17 a month. They review contracts. They answer questions. Um, in most cases, you can get a lot of legal advice for the $17 a month. It's wow. like practically free as far as I'm concerned. Wow. And so, yeah, have your contract reviewed. I knew that I could be out of it in six months if this was a bad deal. And so I wasn't too worried about it. And I knew there would be no financial penalty to me at all. So out clauses and financial penalties, two big right. key things to look into. Absolutely. And, um, and so let's just talk about your gut. <laughs> Okay. Um, one of the places, one of the contracts and relationships is working with an editor. And a lot of times, I'll talk to clients who feel like an editor, and there's different types of editors. This is less likely to happen with somebody who's just checking your grammar. 
but they'll mm-hmm. feel like the editor is pushing their book in a different direction, which reminded right. me of the way your agent was saying, make it self-help. Right. How do you know when to listen to an expert who's like, hey, self-help sells a lot better, and when it's becoming somebody else's book, not yours? How, how do you balance that? Well, I think it would first depend upon the credentials of an editor. I never used an editor. I self-edited. I used to tutor English, so I didn't. I wasn't concerned about my skills with editing. Um, and I tend to trust my gut. And also, in my case, I really didn't need the money, so if I was wrong, it wasn't going to be a big deal. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> but, a great point. But um, other people are in different circumstances, and they might not have the the literary training to be good enough to edit. But on the other hand, every financial book I've read, and it's funny, I've never read any until after I retired. Um, Yeah, it's kind of funny, uh, but I guess I had great (laughs) intuition all along. But uh, I find that books that I enjoy reading are conversational in tone. They are not Mm -hmm. grammatically correct or perfect or anywhere close. They're conversational in tone. They use everyday words. You're not running for your thesaurus every two seconds and falling asleep because it's so dry and boring. It might be spot-on great advice, but if you can't stay awake to pay attention to it, what good will it do you? You need to make it entertaining as well as educational if you're going to do any kind of how-to kind of a book. And, you know, or even if it's fiction, you want it to be entertaining to your audience. So you need to be more concerned about the entertainment value than the grammatical correctness of it, as far as I'm concerned. So I think editors, really a little bit overrated. Fascinating advice. I I know a lot of people who have felt like their voice was taken out of their book. And voice is a really, you know, it's an important component. It is. It's extremely so, important. I, I need to feel like it's my voice. Right. And you're the one who's going to be representing it. So Exactly. You, you know, As your work. And then like if they that, turn it into something yeah, else, it just feels wrong. Up there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, unless they're paying me an talking. exorbitant amount of money, then, then maybe <laughs> I'll listen to them. But otherwise... <laughs> you're like, fine. Everyone's got um, an opinion, and you know what they say about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. Okay, so you started talking about how you ended up publishing. You started with an agent. Right. Your hope was that the agent would get you a contract with a major publisher. During that time with the agent, you realized you not only didn't want to work with the agent, but you probably didn't even want to work with a major publisher. And then tell us what happened. Uh, Well, then I went through Amazon, and they do print-on-demand for paperback, and they have a Kindle version as well. And Amazon is the largest bookseller worldwide. And they translate your book and sell it in all the other countries as well. And your royalty is like 10 times what you would get from a regular publisher. And another thing I learned in my research, because I like to buy books about things because nobody's trying to sell you anything or take money out of your pocket other than the $12 for the book. Um, Publishers can buy the rights to your book and give you, say, a $5,000 advance which is what you'd be lucky to get for a first-time author, um, which isn't very much money like people think it would be. And they don't ever have to publish it. They can just hold the rights and let it die. For basically and I don't think any author wants that. Them. I think they want their voice to be heard Absolutely. and their story to be told. And so Amazon, you print, the print-on-demand is wonderful because like, if you go through any kind of vanity press or anything else where you try to self-publish – 
you have to buy like say a thousand books to get it down to a reasonable price where you can have a markup to make you know some return. But Amazon, whether they buy one book or a thousand books, depending on the number of pages, you know it's maybe four dollars a book, three dollars a book, depending on on how long it is and if there's any artwork and whatnot. But it's it's the same price no matter how many books they buy. Hmm. And that's terrific. So you would you recommend that? Would you do that again for a second or a third book? I actually have for my second and third books gone through Amazon and, and Kindle Direct Publishing. I even had an offer from um, Barnes & Noble to pick up my uh, Poverty Sucks book, and I called them about it and discussed it, and even the lady on the phone agreed I was doing better with Amazon and I should probably stick with them. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So here's a question that I have. Um, okay. I always like the uh, before and after pictures, the weight loss pictures that you'll see, mm-hmm. like on the cover of People magazine or something. And right. I think with book writing, it's a less visual process, but no less dramatic in terms of some of the doors that are open and some of the opportunities that 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 show up when you become an author, when you complete that transformation. So I mm-hmm. wondered if you had any um, stories you could tell us of things that had happened in your life because you were an author that wouldn't have happened if you didn't have a book. Uh, first of all, it gives you a whole lot of credibility in your field. You can be the biggest expert in the world, but if you have a book next to you, all of a sudden you're just looked at in a whole different way. So there's that, that, and that opens a lot of doors for you. Um, I've also, through my experience as an author, it's drawn me to streetteens.org, which is a Nevada charity for homeless and at-risk youth, obviously a cause near and dear to my heart. So every dollar of a book sold on my website goes to street street teens because I want to help the kids and I donate books there. And and so that, you know, it, it brings out your uh, your charitable side, you know, if you have a, a certain cause with your book and and gives you great satisfaction that you're that you're helping people, and I get success stories letters from people uh, thanking oh. me for the book, and I, I find that actually more gratifying than the money, and uh, you know, knowing that I've helped people. People tell me, authors tell me that the first time they get the your your book changed my life email, mm-hmm. that that's really what that's really it what is. it's all about. That's what it's all about. I mean, it's nice to make the money, but and for me, I don't need it, so it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I still don't mind it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, the the helping people and and the the letters I get just warm my heart to no end, and uh, you know, it's it's just been a great thing. And what about the process has been different than what you expected? When you came up with the idea to write a book, how you imagined your life would be as an author, what's the same as that Um, dream and then what's different? Okay. Um, I think it's basically completely different because, and and I think probably like most authors, all you think of before you've written the book is writing the book and being done. And you think then the process is over. No, no, no. Writing the book is the easy part, despite how hard it actually is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, All the promotion of the book is the hard part. 
that's where the real work begins and continues because you continually need to market your book, especially if you're going to self-publish, so that it does stay on the number one you know, best-selling author list and all that uh, because that lends you credibility and leads to more sales. So you're always marketing and you're always trying to get your name out there and you're networking, and, which brings you into contact with a lot of interesting people. I've, I've done a lot of radio interviews. I've done some TV. I've, you know, it's... It, it's it's been a very exciting adventure, and I, I I liken it to the Tom Petty song, Running Down a Dream, Going Wherever It mm-hmm. Leads, Working on a Mystery. I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm on my way there, and I, I like to joke that I'm somebody, just nobody knows it yet. <laughs> Someday I'll be a household name. Not quite yet, but you know, more than just in my household. <laughs> right, really a household name in my house. And you've actually had the opportunity to contribute some articles on some pretty well-known websites and get your word out that way, right? Yeah, I have uh, Bankrate.com, AOL Real Estate, Fox Business News, American Express Open Forum. I was featured on a You've Got segment for AOL Huffington Post, and I've also done a few roundtables with them as well. And, uh, yeah, so it it feels good that, that people like that are listening to me. Yeah, that's yeah. And, and seeking and, out my opinion, it's it's very gratifying, and not from anything? an ego point of view, but just from a I want to help people point of view. Right, that's that's why we do this. Right, exactly. Is there anything that for you has been disappointing or didn't go the way you thought? You know, was harder than you expected, or just different than you expected. That that would have to be the agent experience. Uh, but, you know, yeah. I found with every business I've ever done, no matter how much research you do, you always come across some obstacle that you weren't expecting or some problem, and you just fix it and deal with it and move on and and yeah. learn from it. And, and going forward, you know better. And so I look at it and like that. It was a learning experience. That reminds me of that Oprah quote, when we know better, we do better. Yes, indeed. Right. Very good quote, um, very good quote. So if you, and I'm so sure this has happened to you, maybe even with some of the um, some of the kids from streetteens.org, um, but if you were talking to a young writer who wanted to become an author, who had an idea for a book but couldn't quite seem to finish it, what mm-hmm. is some of the advice that you might give to them? If they're like, how did you do it? I keep trying, but I can't finish it. I get distracted. I don't have When you time. say they I'm can't finish it, can you be a little more specific? Like w- at what point in the process would they be? Just with their outline, just with their idea, having written half the book, having written three quarters of the Usually book? Usually um, where I see people stuck, and so we mm-hmm. can use this as an example, is they've written something, and it's right. usually 20 pages. Okay. And they have kind of an outline, but they haven't really thought They don't know where to go from there. Right. And they're just feeling like every time they open the document, like they need to immediately take a nap. Yeah, they're overwhelmed. Really overwhelmed. And uh, can't seem to finish it, can't seem to get back to it. That actually happened to me in the beginning before I knew where I was going with my book. Like years, I mean, probably 20 years ago, I started this book once with the same first chapter, but I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know if it was going to be a biography or if it was going to be a, a fictional live story based on my life story or what it was going to be. Um, so I think they first need to figure out 
what's the mission statement for their book? Is it, mm-hmm. is it fiction and entertaining? Is it are you teaching somebody something? Um, if you're teaching somebody something, I think it's a lot easier because then you break it down into steps. So go to the end first. What is my goal? What do I want to teach them? Well, in my book, I want to teach them how to become a millionaire. So I work my way backwards. How did I do that? And then make your outline from that, every step, every major step you took. And then once you have your, your 20 subject outline, you know, divide 20 into 200. So basically you need 10 pages per chapter. So you need to write 10 pages on each subject matter. And you might break, you know, on your outline with each of the 20 subjects, break it down into subsets of different subjects that are in that category. And then all of a sudden it's just real easy because it's just filling in the blanks of an outline, but with more detail, fleshing it out. But uh, if you don't know where you're going, you won't get there. It's like leaving your house hoping to end up on the moon, but if you don't have a map, you won't get there. <laughs> yep. So Beautifully your outline said. is kind of your road map, and once you have that, it's really easy because you're like, oh, today I'm writing on this topic. Mm-hmm. You know, Tomorrow I'm writing on that one. And Absolutely. if you don't have enough to fill your 10 pages, do some research to help fill it out. Right. I can't stress that enough. So many people start start by writing and think that wave will sustain them, but without your writing assignments, you will hit some some pretty hard roadblocks that will kind of create a negative spiral. So sure, um, you wanna you wanna keep the positive energy moving forward, and the way to do that is to have a really useful outline. I think the way you Absolutely. start your process is fantastic. Absolutely, and even with it would apply to fiction too, because think of where you want your book to end. And then mm-hmm. work your way backwards with your outline. And then suddenly it'll just be that much easier. I mean, it's still, I think fiction is harder to write because you actually have to create For characters sure. and situations. So it's still going to be harder, but the outline will make it easier. If you know, okay, this is the chapter where Glenda kills John with a knife, you know. <laughs> right. It's, you know, a lot easier to work Absolutely. from than just, duh, what am I writing today? So. Absolutely. Well, that does it for us. Great advice. Amy Elizabeth, amyelizabeth.net, A-I-M-E-E, Elizabeth, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H.net. Amy Elizabeth, amazing to spend time with you today. I'm very um, excited for people to check out Poverty Sucks, How to Become a Self-Made Millionaire. Thank you for your advice today. And um, we will be back next week talking to another author about how together we are changing the world one book at a time. Thank you, Angela.